Hello and welcome to another episode of the Overcoming Life Podcast. I'm your host, Nashawn Garrett. For those of you guys uh, who know me, I am mostly on TikTok teaching, uh, obviously, the scriptures, the Bible, uh, biblical law, talking about the prophecy, the Psalms, how the Bible connects together, basically stuff that your churches aren't uh, explicitly teaching you, either because they... Uh, have learned from tradition what is passed down, or they just have, um, just by omission, uh, they they have set aside certain pieces of the Bible, certain parts of the Bible that don't seem like they are very interesting or that they connect in any way to uh, their position as Christians today. And with that being said, um, we had been talking about the law, uh, specifically biblical laws on judgment, on righteous judgment. And in our last couple of episodes, we talked about perjury. We talked about stumbling blocks. We talked about, um, I think that was pretty much it. And maybe there was one other one, maybe, maybe it's perjury, stumbling blocks, and then like lying too, something like that. But this episode in particular, um, I feel like the Father has put it on my heart to speak on something that he had just given me a, a, a revelation on today. And um, so I'm going to speak on that topic and kind of try to work my way through it. I did have it. Uh, you guys know that app Otter? So this app Otter that basically when you uh, it records your conversation in such a way that it actually you can actually see what's being spoken of. It's like um, like a translator almost, but it like writes down everything. So um, this one specifically, I think this is probably one of the most powerful revelations that I've had about um, something in a long time. Um, the Father's always given understanding. He's always giving truth, and he's always giving truth to those who are ready for it. Um, I think it would be hard for God to give someone a truth to people who aren't ready for it, and that's why Jesus spoke in parables all the time. There are some truths that people are not ready for, guys, and there are some truths that people can be and are ready for. And if it's a case that uh, you just tell them the mystery and the revelation behind everything and give them all the keys and information, but they don't do anything with it, then do you know that you have just pronounced judgment on them, a greater judgment uh, than than if you had uh, waited or had uh, asked the Father if you can say uh, something uh, the, my point being, you don't want to just give all the information to people. You have to see where they are, whether or not they are willing to receive it. Because the thing is, if you give them all, give them it all, um, plus the way that you give the information to them, if it's not in love and in truth and in and in p- peace, if it's not with the heart and spirit of God, if it's not with his will and, and his mind, um, or if you're just giving out information just to give out information, then we, we just have to be really careful about these things. So anyways, I felt like the Father put it on my heart to do this. Um, just because this is something that so many people struggle with, and I'm actually upset that no one taught me how to do this. But, you know, the Father teaches us all things in, in His timing, which is amazing. So, I guess if I had to entitle this something, I would I would probably call it uh, the difference between uh, the devil and the flesh. The difference between the devil and the flesh. Um, so, I had an interesting experience recently. Um, and this experience happened to be the case that I was, um, I've been very self-conscious and self-aware of my body and, and how I present my body in public to other people, right? And so obviously there's, there are ways that people dress, there are things that people do that can make 
and give and draw attention to them, right? Whether it be um, the gray sweatpants dudes or the the bra women that shows a little cleavage or the booty shorts or something else that you're wearing. So there are ways that we can dress and there are ways that we can act that bring uh, attention to ourselves. And there are ways that we can dress that don't bring attention to ourselves, but that still give us attention, right? And so I'm not talking about those times. I'm not talking about doing something um, unconsciously and, you know, people just looking and being uh, attracted because uh, for, for whatever reason. You cannot control what other people do, but we can control um, how we do present ourselves, right? And so um, that being said, I, I, I work out every day. And uh, when I worked, went to the gym today, I, uh, I've been more and more increasingly aware about the fact that people look at your body. I never grew up, and I, just to give you guys a, a quick little uh, th- uh, thoughts about, well, a quick little uh, background information is what I want to say. I never grew up watching pornography. I never grew up sexualizing people. I never grew up um, doing those types of things. Never did. Um, in fact, the first time I had ever seen a pornographic picture or film um, legitimately on my own will uh, was when I got into college. And so never experienced um, any of the um, – obviously, still, obviously, there's still lust. You don't have to watch – you know, be willfully watching porn or, or masturbating to not, um, to not lust and to have, like, lustful thoughts and stuff, which I did as a, as a young boy, as a young kid. Um, but I never acted on those thoughts in the, in, the, in the case of, like, masturbation or watching pornography. Never had an addiction. Never had my mind twisted up in that way, which is amazing. And I, and I give really thanks and glory to God for those things because um, I tell you that it, 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 there's a lot of people who struggle with those things because it's, it's been mapped and cr- it's, those habits have been created uh, in them since, since they were very young, right? And, and on top of that, put, put trauma on top of that, put, um, you know, their – daddy issues or mommy issues or or cousin touched me in the wrong way or uncle or niece or best friend or whoever it was add that on top of it and then you have a very confused sexual experience and very confused kids who have literally no idea what's what's going on um and again so i never acted willfully on any of those things okay so but anyways in my now ages i'm 27 now uh in those in my now days, I'm so much more aware of the fact that people can look at me as a sexual object, uh, women, men, whoever it is, right? I'm very, very aware of that, very self-conscious about that. And I actually um, came from the gym today, and I was struggling in my heart because I was like, Father, um, I feel uncomfortable because um, because I don't. Because I don't want to present myself uh, as a sex object or for people to come look at me or to, oh, yeah, you're swinging or whatever. Like, I don't want any of that kind of stuff. I don't want that in my heart. But I started bringing it up with my wife, and she was like, but there is a part of um, – maybe it's the case that you do want it. Like, there is a part of you that does want it, right? There is a part of us that wants to be known, seen, recognized. There's a part of us that is selfish and self-righteous, self-seeking, self-preserved, self all about self-preservation. It's all about what can I get? Love me. Give me glory. Give me the attention that I need, right? That is 
that is generally what sexuality is used for. Sexuality is used to gratify the desires of the flesh, the desires of the sinful nature, right? And so that being said, um, I was asking my wife because I was like, man, I feel shame and I feel guilt that I would uh, that I would want or something out of me would want the attention of other people um, that would lead to a, a sexual not encounter, but like that they would perceive me as a sexual sexually, if that makes sense. That is to say um, they wanting other people to desire you, wanting other people to give you um, des to desire and want you. Okay, and I felt shame about that, guys. And I said to my wife, "Should I feel shame about this? Should I feel guilt?" And she said, "No, that's that's not who you are." And then it clicked to me: the Father, when we come into Christ and we receive this new identity, we have an identity that is comprised of the seed of God, which is the Word of God, and the soul, guys, and our souls. They come together. And what is produced from that union, from the soul and the word and the word of God, the seed of God, is Christ in us, the hope of glory. Now, Christ in us is always wholly, solely, and fully compatible and wanting to do the will of God. Never, never can sin, never uh, walks or reacts in a way that is outside of the will of God. Christ in us cannot do that because Christ in us has been born of an imperishable seed. He has been born of an imperishable seed. So that which dwells in you, it's not Jesus that is in your heart, guys. It's not Jesus that is in you. That's like saying another person is in you. No, it is Christ in you, which is the product of the seed of God, which comes by hearing, which comes by faith, right? Hearing the word of God, it's his will, guys. It's his will. And so it's his timing when he opens up our ears to hear and we receive that seed into, um, into our souls. And then what is created, the soul is the womb for Christ. Okay, the soul is the womb for Christ. Now, some of this stuff, this might be the first time you ever hear this stuff. Uh, take a second. If, if it don't line up with what you understand, know, believe, put it on the shelf for right now. But for right now, I need you to understand that Christ in you desires, hopes only, and is only ever doing the will of God. Only ever doing the will of God. And that is the new identity which we identify with, okay? Um, Jesus, by his death on the cross, has, uh, he has, we identify with him in his death. When we says we identify with him, it means that the old man, that is the man of sin, the fleshly carnal man, uh, the one who was a sinner and couldn't stop sinning, that legally speaking, he has died, he has passed away, and all things become new, and we are being transformed as we submit to Christ. So the old, that old sinful person has been done away with according to the law. So when, Christ, when, when God looks at you, according to the law, he only sees Christ, okay? And there is room there to mature and to learn and to grow as he disciplines us to submit to, submit to the identity, that, that Christ identity that is inside of you. Sorry, this is a lot. So that being said, hopefully you guys are with me on this. Um, God, through Christ, 
has given us the awareness and the wherewithal to recognize those sinful patterns and those sinful thoughts in our lives. Okay, God and through Christ, Christ in us, the new identity that is us, he recognizes and knows the patterns of sin and the flesh. Okay, he knows those evil thoughts. He knows those evil deeds. He knows all of those things. He's, uh, the, in fact, the, the Holy Spirit is the one who searches those things. Um, and he knows all of these things, right? So he has that information. So I had this, this revelation that was like, wait a second. The enemy, who is Satan, wants to use the awareness that, that, that my new identity has, Christ, wants to use the, the new awareness that I have of, my, of sin, uh, wants to use that, and he wants to make me feel guilt, and he wants to make me feel shame about the fact that I would even think about that or that desire would even be there in my life. Isn't that crazy? So, so, so the devil, all the devil wants to do and all Satan wants to do is he wants to accuse you. Uh, the scripture in Revelation chapter 12 says that the devil um, or Satan is the accuser of the brethren, that he accuses them day and night before God. What is he accusing them of? Hey, remember that thought you had? Remember that thing you did? Remember that time you looked too long? Remember that time you did that thing? He's accusing them of sin. That's what he does. He accuses you of when you think about sinning, and he accuses you when you do sin. And he is constantly trying to accuse you in order to get you to submit to the nature of sin. He is trying to use the law and trying to uh, use your awareness that was given to you by God. So, for example, before we really knew God, like we sinned and we didn't care about it. Like it was like, yeah, this is natural. This makes sense. It feels good. Like, it, yeah, this, I, this makes sense. I should be doing this, right? It's natural. It's human nature. If they say why, why, you know, it's that whole thing. It's human nature. That's what we did before. And that's when we were in, that's when we were under the direction and under uh, enslaved to sin and death. When we were in bondage to slave and enslaved to sin and death, that is what we naturally did. We didn't even question it. It wasn't even a question in our mind. Not at all, right? But now in Christ, we recognize that something is off. You're like, hold up. Something feels wrong. I have this desire in my heart and it feels dirty and it feels not right. I want, I have this selfish motive in my heart. I have this thing in my thoughts, right? I haven't acted on it, but it's something that it, that came up in my thoughts. There's something in my heart and it's, and it's off. Now that awareness, the devil tries to use that awareness, which is a gift of God to you guys. It is a gift of God to us to know and to recognize uh, when there is some type of sin or some type of lawless thought or some type of lawless deed, right? That is the, to know 
that awareness, to have that awareness is, is a gift of God, right? Because now you know, it's like the caution tape, right? It's a caution tape or it's a caution sign. It's like what, if that caution sign wasn't there and you touched it and it was an electric fence, you'd be like, dude, why didn't someone put a, a, a caution tape up here? Why didn't someone put a caution sign here? Warning, electric fence, do not touch. So the awareness that we are given by the Holy Spirit through Christ is uh, that warning sign. Well, hold up there. There's something over there. That ain't that, that's not right. I think I think we got to that. That's that's not it. Now, the devil uses that same awareness and says, look, you look, look, I, I can't believe that you would even you would you would even think like that. You are such a sinner. You are so evil. And then he tries to make you feel guilty about the fact that you are aware that there is a sinful thought. You guys understand what I'm saying? How many of you guys have ever been there before? Okay, so it's so, so interesting that the enemy would do that. That's how, the, that's how Satan works. So Satan works in the case that if there ever comes a thought in your mind, I'm talking about like before a thought becomes an action. I'm talking about the dirty thoughts that you get or that like feeling of desire, something that like has not yet had been fully formed. You haven't acted on it yet, but you feel it in your heart. Oftentimes what we do is the devil will say, if you admit to that, if you admit that you thought that, if you admit that you desire that, then you're not really a Christian. You're not really of Christ. Look at like you. Uh, I can't believe. Yes, all of this work that God is doing in your life, all the times that you worship and raise your hands, all the time that you prayed. Look at you. Look at those dirty thoughts that you have. You're so evil. You're so disgusting. So if the moment that we admit to something, the moment that we even give it any type of um, uh, we look at it to give it any type of attention, the devil goes, see, look, you did it. See, that is you. That is you. He is constantly trying to accuse you that that thought is you, that that desire is you, and you should be guilty right now. You are guilty before God. You are guilty before men. You don't love God. You don't love others. You don't even love yourself. How could you? You guys understand what I'm saying? You guys see how evil and twisted that is? That is what Satan does. Satan accuses your thoughts, and he, uh, he accuses you of your desires, even before they become something. And our natural reaction to those things is to not give any, any attention to it, to say, no, 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 I'm just going to turn this way. I'm not going to think about that. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to give it any attention. Okay, because we think if we give it any attention, if we entertain for a second uh, the thought, if we entertain for a second the thought that that must mean that the devil is, is, is true. Right. That's what the devil does. But then what ends up happening is then you end up you end up falling into a sin. Right. You end up um, it ends up overcoming you and taking over your life into way like in some type of manifest way. And it could be. Uh, it could be masturbation. It could be pornography. It could be um, lust. It could be some uh, some other way, shape, or form where you know, like you're acting on the sin. You're like really entertaining like a, a, a sexual thought, or you're really entertaining uh, something, right? Uh, where it becomes like it's past the line of like it was just desire, but now it's like sin, right? Like you've committed sin. You've transgressed the law in your heart. Well, 
I'm here to tell you that we it's not about uh, turning away from uh, it's not about pretending like it's not there. Pretending like it's not there does not change it. Pretending like it um, that it's not in that it's not around you that it doesn't change anything, guys. That just plays into the devil's game. Okay, so what we have to do. What we have to do, oh, uh, before we go into what we have to do in order to, to conquer these types of situations. So that's what the devil does. Here's what the flesh does. The flesh is constantly working to justify itself. Uh, look, you, uh, so, so, so think about this, guys. You, you know how G Jesus, by his, his work on the cross, we are justified, right? By his work on the cross, we are justified. Well, the flesh says this, um, you are justified uh, to do sin. So it's like two sides of the same coin. One is like a holy side, but the other one is like like evil, right? You have like justification, sanctification, and glorification on each side, right? On the side of Christ, you have justification, sanctification, glorification, which is obviously you're justified by his blood, by his actions, what he did, you are justified. That is, you have been made right before God, right? God looks at you. He doesn't see... Uh, he doesn't see a sinner who has debt. He doesn't see anyone who's a slave. He sees someone who is free, right? Um, and then the sanctification process is, is another step in the process of salvation. In the case where we are learning to be obedient, we are learning to submit uh, our will to the will of God and to be obedient to his law, his nature, his character, his function. And then, then there's glorification in which uh, the fullness of Christ is revealed inside of us, uh, where Christ in us, the hope of glory, is revealed bodily um just like just like jesus when he had a resurrected body that is what we will have resurrected bodies glorified free from sin free from the curse of death free from um the bondage right that is the glorification right but on the other side you have this guys you have justification the same thing justification sanctification glorification now in justification it's the ju it's it's saying it's okay if you want to sin, right? And the reason why it's okay that that you that you can sin is because look at this person. This person, uh, remember when they what they did to you when you were a little kid? Remember that thing that they made you watch? Remember how your parents treated you? Remember what that person said? Remember that friend that betrayed you? Uh, remember that person who yelled at you that one time? No, you shouldn't sit back and watch that. You are justified to sin. The flesh is constantly your advocate in the sense that he is trying to justify making the flesh feel good, making himself the object, uh, the center of the world, and the object of adoration, the object of love, and the flesh, the mind that is set on the flesh is, the scripture says, the mind is set on the flesh is hostile towards God, guys. It does not submit to God. Uh, indeed, it cannot. That's Romans chapter 8. That is Romans chapter 8. Um, that being said, in Romans chapter 8, we know that the mind uh, that is set on spirit is, is life and peace, right? Okay, so we have justification. So the flesh, all the flesh wants to do is to make you feel good about doing what the flesh wants to do. That is what the flesh is all about. As long as I get minds, then I don't care. That, that is the fleshly 
carnal nature at work. Selfish. Sancti the sanctifying work of the flesh looks more like um, you practicing sin. It's, it's the flesh getting you to the point where, I don't know if you guys have ever been to these points. I know I've been to these points in my life um, where you just really don't care. And you just, I'm, I'm a, let, me, let me swipe on Bumble. Let me get on this thing. Let me just watch pornography. Let me just do this thing because it doesn't really matter. And you make a practice of sinning, right? When you make a practice of sinning, that is the fleshly sanctification process. It is setting you apart unto, for, and solely to the will, nature, character, mind, heart of the flesh. And it doesn't have to just be like pornography or something like that. It could be lying. It could be manipulating. It could be... Um, it could be anything that gives the flesh glory and that gives um, that satisfies the flesh. Anything like that that satisfies the flesh. OK, that is the sanctifying process of the flesh. It's on the other side. Instead of uh, being set apart unto God, you are set apart unto self. You guys see that? All right. And then obviously there's the glorification process in which you essentially embody embody yourself that you become your own standard of righteousness judgment truth um and all of its applications and all of its various forms right and obviously that is an embodiment evil that is um that's twisted and there are many people who live like that who are very seemingly nice people and probably are good people but they're uh they're completely against the heart nature character mind of god and um that's that's the glorification process that's that's what it looks like so let's let's take let's take a second and and just kind of like look back at this for a second guys so the reason why i'm bringing this up is because this um there are so many people um out there who hear the voice of the act of the accuser um well first they they'll recognize um they'll recognize in their lives and you this might be you you, I'm sure, like, if you're a believer and if you are truly wanting a, and have a heart to follow the Father, but, like, there are, the the enemy plays games, guys. The enemy plays games and the flesh along with it. Um, but this is what happens. This is the, the, the basic outline. This is the basic guideline of what happens. The first thing is, is there the flesh is always going to want what it wants, right? Until we get to the point where we are completely glorified, um, until that point of, of where we receive resurrected bodies, there will, there will, the flesh is always going to want what it wants, and the spirit will always want what it wants. So inside of you, even though the flesh is dead, legally speaking, you and I still have to struggle with the, um, with the flesh. We still have to struggle with its desires, um, not in the sense of like struggle. There's varying degrees of struggle, right? But the more that we submit to Christ, the more, the easier that struggle struggle becomes a, the less that struggle becomes a struggle. Like you'll still have to obviously fight lustful thoughts and like stuff like that. But you'll realize that's not you. You'll realize that's actually uh, from the part of you that's dead trying to come up and trying to make its way into your life again. You guys understand what I'm saying? And so um, it's almost like, I, I guess the example I can give you is like, so for the long, for, for imagine this, imagine you were a slave, okay? And from the time you were a little baby, 
to the time that you were like 18 years old or 17 years old, you were you were in this household with this master who like beat you and tortured you and like said all types of evil stuff um, and abused you. Okay, and then Jesus comes in, amazing, and he's like, he purchases you, he takes you under his wing. But you're 17 years old by this point, and now he's got a deal, and he's got to teach you and he's got to train you up, and now you belong to him, and now he's adopted you. You're adopted into his family, right? Now, there's going to be some times when because of the abuse that you experienced by the other person that, that you're going to feel like anger or pain or rage and want to act out. And we have to bring those things before Jesus and say, oh, please help me. Please teach me the right way to do it because this is what this, this person taught me. And, and I know it's bad, but please teach me. And that's why Jesus says, take my yoke upon you for I am gentle and lowly at heart and you will find rest for your souls. You guys understand this, that we should learn from Christ. So so that is the imagery that we're dealing with here, guys. So when we're in with Jesus, when we're in with him, we recognize we're looking at this, the enemy. And we see what he's doing to those other people. And we see because we remember um, the, the desires. We remember the things that the sin and death taught us. We remember what our old master used to teach us. Right. But. Um, in remembering these things, it doesn't mean that that is who you are. Just because you have a memory doesn't mean that that's your identity. You guys understand that? So, so yes, we will have these memories and these, these feelings of desire. We will have these thoughts of lust come up. We will have these things. And the devil, all the enemy wants to do is to say, remember that. That is you. That is your life. You are a part of that family. And Jesus is saying, no, you're not. I purchased you. Of course, those memories are going to be there. Of course, those things are going to exist for right now. But eventually, I will wipe every memory away and you will learn these things. So the awareness that he gives us, that, that God has given us through Christ, the awareness that he has given us is to recognize and know that these things uh, are not of God. And that's not something to feel guilty about. That's he's literally all Christ is doing in you is he's just pointing out, by the way, that that's not oh, that she, you feel that right there. That's not from God. That's all he's saying. But the devil comes in and he s- tries to speak louder than Christ in us. And he tries to say, you see that right there? That is you. The fact that you thought it is you. And um, and. My uh, my encouragement to you guys here is I want to just tell you guys that not everything almost when, when you are in Christ. You have to understand and know that any part of you that sins or has desire to sin or lust or whatever, that that part you have been f- set free from that part. You are no no longer you don't have to serve that. That is not your identity. Sin is not your master. It is not for you. It ain't for you. Okay, so there's no reason to feel guilt and sadness and remorse because all sin, all guilt, sadness and remorse does to us is it makes us identify with that person. And the moment you start identifying with that person is the moment you start allowing that identity. uh, You start subjecting yourself to that identity. And the moment you subject yourself to identity, then you find yourself in the same patterns and same habits 
as you did um, when you were under uh, under sin. Okay, so again, we first recognize it. We have awareness of it. Um, that awareness is good, guys. It means that God is working in you. Uh, the second thing is you need to address um, the issue. You have to say that's not for me. You have to s- you have to understand and know that the that the enemy is a liar and he's always going to want to make you feel guilty about something you haven't done because that's what he does. All he does is accuse you, even if you've never done anything. It could just be a thought, and he'll accuse you, and you think, "Oh man, I'm beat." So let me just go watch porn, or let me just go give into this. You guys, you know what I'm saying? I'm telling you, I've struggled with this so much, um, and I'm I'm so glad that the Father has opened my eyes to understand these things. Um, it is a battle. You guys see the strategy in the battle. So we first got to be aware of it, and then we got to call that thing out for what it is. Um, and then lastly, um, we reject it. We just say no, no, no. Now that might that's part of probably the hardest thing to do. Because when you start saying no, the devil's going to keep on saying, see, it, you're literally talking to yourself. You're crazy. No, I'm not talking to myself. I'm talking to the flesh who is dead. No, 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 no. That is not who I am. That is not what God created me for. I'm a new creation in Christ. That's not who I am. You're a liar. No, no. I wouldn't say I wouldn't directly talk to the devil because, you know, um, because he's he's always going to do is accuse you and he's trickery. But I would just say no, no. No, 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 no. And I promise you guys, um, and I'd love to hear you guys' stories. If, if you guys, um, if this has touched you in any way, uh, shape, or form, please uh, l- let me know because I'd, I'd love to hear if, if, if it's something that you um, understand, know, maybe something's confusing for you. But let me know. And, uh, well, th- that was a long time. Blessings to you and uh, peace from the Father. I hope that that this gives you guys some type of peace in your life to know that you are not uh, your thought of sin. You are not your you're not even your desire of sin, guys. You're not you are not that the desire of sin is always going to be connected to the flesh. And Jesus, 2000 years ago, um, uh, he died on the cross in order to put that that person to death. So in the eyes of the law, that person is dead. He is dead. Okay, even though right now it doesn't feel like he's dead, um, the more that you submit to Christ, the more dead that person becomes. And I'm telling you guys, I've noticed it. I've recognized it in my life. Uh, I'm I haven't watched pornography willfully uh, in nine months since the Father gave this revelation. Nine months, guys. And I used to, I used to watch it willfully. I was never like enslaved to it. Never had an addiction or anything like that. I did it because I wanted to. But the Father. Um, really really disciplined me really really hard on some of that stuff and um and he has uh since he's since then he's totally freed me up from 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 those types of thoughts i still get lustful thoughts for sure but it's not in the same intensity and it's not in the same way that i used to where it was like before you get a lustful thought and i would just like kind of say okay like let's give into this it's not like that at all man this is a great um session i I really really hope that you guys get something out of this blessings to you and peace from god our father uh i'll see you guys next episode